This is the Create Love, Create Freedom podcast. My name is Allison Fisher, and on today's episode, we are going to be talking about preparing ourselves for a healthy relationship. I'm not sure that this is something that everyone thinks about, maybe, as they either end a relationship or have kind of a a time where they are not in a relationship. Um, And that is really preparing for the next one, Um, preparing to be in a healthy relationship. I think sometimes this comes up specifically if we have had some sort of emotional or psychological loss um, or um, difficulty in a previous relationship. Um, but I think that there are some things that generally we take a look at. Um, and then there are some other things that we don't go deep enough into. Um, so what happens is we often tend to repeat patterns, um, repeat going into relationships that maybe have a trauma bond, um, or go into relationships with people that are, um, generally not very healthy for us. So when I think of the success of a, of a romantic relationship, I think of several different kinds of parts. The first part is the kind of advice that you will get from, you know, society, that kind of thing, which is really looking for the right person. And it wasn't until I had a really uh, difficult, challenging, um, abusive relationship that I started um, instead of looking for the right person, I wanted to become the right person, um, for the kind of relationship I actually wanted. And that was a very different mindset shift, right? So we talk in our society as well about finding the one. Um, and instead I started thinking about becoming the one. Now becoming the one isn't about anybody else. It's not about the Uh, fully, at least about the other person in the relationship, but it was about working on me and healing me. Now, I think that it's really important to look for someone who matches some of the attributes and characteristics that you are looking for in a mate. Um, Some ways that I, you know, some things that have really helped me with that has been um, by understanding my own Myers-Briggs personality type and understanding theirs. Um, For me personally, this may be a little bit strange, but I tend to like three other types. They are the only uh, other types uh, on the Myers-Briggs that I have ever dated. And I'm deeply drawn to them because there's enough similarities that I can have really deep conversations Um, With those people, we can go on adventures and we can build a life moving forward. Yet there's enough differences that they're challenging. They make me think, right? Um, I think another thing as well, along with Myers-Briggs, is um, the Enneagram. There's some different aspects of the Enneagram um, from Myers-Briggs that is really helpful uh, to kind of understand you know, more about that person, understanding more deeply about their psyche, what challenges them, what holds them back. 
Um, another big area for me has been, um, understanding whether or not they are securely or in or insecurely attached. Um, certainly understanding my love languages and the other person's love languages. Um, and then a big one for me, which I found to be really useful and a topic that we will be bringing up in our Create Love Freedom Members Club, um, which is a self-guided healing journey uh, here in the future, probably in the next couple months, is looking at both masculine and feminine archetypes. So Carl Jung, the Swiss, um, I guess, psychotherapist, um, yeah, master of modern um, psychology in so very many ways. Um, he took a very um, deep liking to archetype. And archetype is very much built from both the, the Greeks and the Romans. Um, when we look at the pantheon and the gods and goddesses. And really, it was markers of human attributes. So when I, uh, you know, I, I took a course on both the masculine and the feminine um, archetypes, um, it really helped me to start to understand more about myself. Um, I realized that I was a very, like a deeply feminine woman. Um, so I have a lot of lover energy, Aphrodite. Yet at the same time, that's paired very nicely with the sage, um, which is, you know, intelligence, um, wisdom, knowledge. Um, most of the feminine archetypes are deeply rooted in creativity. But, you know, how those are paired together, right? I have a lot of the maiden and I have a lot of the, um, the mystic archetype. And I use my huntress archetype at different times. Um, when I'm going after a goal, um, or have my sights set on something. And I certainly use my queen, right? My, um, feminine leadership skills. Um, my, goals towards matrimony and um, companionship with a man. But what really helped me there was understanding both the light and the shadow qualities of each feminine archetype, and also understanding that I wanted access to all seven. Um, there are about four that I am much, um, have a much stronger archetype, uh, you know, just naturally much stronger. And then there's other archetypes that I've really had to cultivate. And what this has done is it's exposed a few things. So with archetype, both masculine and feminine, there is both a light and a shadow side. Um, and by taking a look at the light and the shadow side, I was able to also find some more wounds of my own that I needed to work on healing, um, particularly with the maiden archetype. Um, and this also understanding my kind of preferences really also helped me understand what kinds of men I was attracted to and why they were attracted to me. And this really helped me prepare for the kind of relationship I was looking for because I stopped, I stopped trying to, you know, when someone was interested in me, um, 
you know, just showing everyone interest. Now I'm much, it's much easier for me to uh, kind of figure out pretty quickly whether or not they have three of the archetypes, the masculine archetypes that I personally gravitate towards. One is the king, uh, one, that's a Zeus. Uh, one is Hades, which is um, the recluse. And the other is the messenger archetype, which is Hermes. And I generally like a man who's blended of all three of these, have all three of these kind of attributes to him. And this really helped me kind of step away from, you know, strictly warrior men, right? Because they were only interested in one aspect of of my feminine archetype, and that was really the lover. And this created much more balanced... um kind of relationships, right? The more that I understand about myself, the more that I'm then able to understand about um, the types of men who either interested in me or I am interested in. And this kind of helped me with looking for the right person, right? Um, Then it also kind of goes down into the type of character you want the person to have. I know most people start with physical attributes. Personally, you know, um, yes, like we want to be attracted to a person, but I'm attracted to all sorts of different types of men physically. It's more for me, the the mental, the emotional, um, the intellectual side. And again, that plays a lot into my sage archetype. And so by looking at all of these things, Myers-Briggs, Enneagram, um, looking at love language, looking at masculine and feminine archetypes, and looking at um, the, you know, the, the attachment styles really helped me begin to understand the kind of person, the kind of character that that man would have that I would be interested in. Um, and so for me, I think that the other aspect was really taking a really deep look at myself. And that was really understanding my thoughts, my behaviors, um, in, in looking at what ways I either consciously or unconsciously may sabotage the relationship through my thoughts or behaviors. And, you know, cause, cause you can align with somebody. Um, actually my last relationship deeply aligned with the man, both, um, when it came to his Myers-Briggs personality type and, um, his Enneagram type and, um, also, um, his masculine archetypes. He had all three of the ones that particularly fit well with me. Yet at the same time, there were some of his own behaviors that really sabotaged the relationship. And that funny enough came from um, the, you know, the unhealed wounds that he had from his childhood. Um, And so, you know, kind of how he attached as a child. And so um, when we think about, again, preparing ourselves for the relationship, um, I think that there are some some very key things that we can do. 
Um, because I think at the end of the day, we're all looking for very healthy, functional, happy relationships. Um, certainly they're going to have their challenges. We all know that, but yet at the same time, we want to kind of stop going towards, you know, the same men or the same women and, you know, repeating the old patterns that haven't worked in the past. And it really starts with us. Again, becoming the one for somebody else really means becoming the one for ourselves. Um, So first off, I would say it, it took me a long time, but as I began healing some of those old wounds and those old traumas from childhood and into adulthood, I became very complete and happy as a single person. Um, And one of the things that I noticed very quickly through dating has been you will go on dates sometimes with, for me, it's, it's with men who aren't happy single. Like they're desperately looking for somebody. And I think that there's a very different, I mean, there's obviously a difference between being desperate to have someone fill your life versus sometimes feeling a little bit lonely um, or alone when you know that you have a lot of love to give to somebody else, when you want that closeness, that connection, right, with somebody else. Um, But I think that, you know, if you don't find happiness and contentment in being single, you won't find it in the relationship. Um, and, And then I think that that really leads to those kind of sabotaging behaviors, right? Where either you push the person away or you cling too much to them. And um, I I think it's really, it's really healthy to build your own life. Um, I I heard something uh, recently that was stop looking for potential in a person. Instead, see what they're actually doing because their potential is still found in what they're actually doing. But potential is some kind of thing off in the future that they might or might not get to. They might or they may or may not get to that place in their life. While really taking a look at where they are now is much more indicative of where they're going in the future. So pay attention to those patterns too. Um, But really become complete um, become happy, become the one for yourself in your single state. Um, enjoy it. At some point, a lot of your time and energy, not in a bad way, but in a good way is going to be given to someone else. And use this time to really continue to work on you, to work on your healing, but also to really build the life that you're looking for. Um, for me personally, I am currently single and yet I continue to build the life that I want. It may be a couple years in the future, but I'm building uh, the future business and income streams that I would like, um, you know, uh, whether it's moving somewhere new or going on, uh, you know, traveling, even solo, I really enjoy, um, you know, for me personally, it's, um, doing things in the gym, right? 
functional fitness, functional bodybuilding, um, CrossFit, um, but also Spartan races. And I will fly to different parts of the United States and go do a Spartan race. And, you know, um, whether that's um, skeet or trap or sporting clay shooting, whether that's, you know, whatever it is that that I want to do, the life that I want to build. I also do a little uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And I think that building the life you want now and appreciating in the present will only bring in the kinds, you will only attract the kinds of people who are already at that level. Um, that that kind of level of awakenedness, right? They're not going to be the superficial or the wounded or the immature masculine or feminine. They are going to be the certainly the mature masculine or feminine, but hopefully moving into the awakened and the divine state. Um, I think another thing as well is, and I had to work on this was, you know, really working on um, my sense of my understanding of rejection um, and being willing to kind of really, you know, I think the term is put yourself out there, um, but really step forward and say, hey, like, I'm an exceptional person. <laughs> and for me personally, you know, it, in the past, when I was kind of more in that wounded state, um, before doing a lot of self-healing work and whatnot, and, and loving this time of singleness was also really, um, you know, realizing that I, I'm not just it's not the other person simply deciding whether or not I'm a good fit for them. They have to be a good fit for me in my life and my goals and the kind of future that I want to have as well. Um, so I think that that's really important. And then, you know, again, um, putting yourself out there, you know, once you've really learned how to love yourself um, and, cultivate your sense of authentic confidence by healing your wounds and your trauma by taking a look at, um, you know, the people that you're attracted to, you can really choose to live your life in a very kind of open way. Um, and a way that invites others in. Um, you know, this can be social in several different kinds of ways. I mean, certainly, um, you know, meeting people face to face and in person, but also I think being a part of other kinds of groups. Um, I myself have a members club for healing for people in a community. It's specifically for women um, to to look at, but and to work on growing themselves. But I also am a part of um, several other members clubs. And one of those is just entrepreneurs. So it's men and women. And being able to even start those um, conversations via social media um, with with other people, and then also, um, you know, phone conversations. And that's actually put me in the space of, you know, several people where I'm like, oh, you're interesting. This could go somewhere. Um, and I, I think that that will, that's also important. I, I heard um, the relationship expert Matthew Hussey once say, a man isn't just going to walk through your living room. 
you know, on a Friday night, like you've also, you've got to be doing some other things, whether that's a dating app, something like that. Um, another way to really prepare yourself for the healthy relationship is to work on your wounds, um, is to take a look at your dating history, um, the patterns that you have in place and see if there are any blind spots, see if there are any, um, if, if there was any uh, uh, relationship trauma from the past, if there there was any trauma bonding versus healthy relationships, um, taking a look at, again, um, you know, whether or not you have wounds left over from childhood and how you attached as a child. So if you are insecurely attached, um, finding ways to heal yourself, um, regulate your nervous system, whatnot. Um, and then, you know, really diving a little bit deeper into yourself. Um, I think it's really important to look at those past relationships where maybe you've experienced betrayal or neglect or abuse. And, you know, for me, um, most recently I was posting on Instagram and found a lot of women who responded very quickly to the father wound. Um, I'm actually in the, in the process of creating a course, um, that's healing the father wound, that father daughter dynamic. For me personally, it was healing the mother daughter dynamic, the mother uh, wound. Um, but also, my last relationship had some emotional neglect in it. And I realized it didn't have anything to do with me. It had to do with the other person um, and some of his um, wounding in childhood that he had not healed yet. Um, yet at the same time, he neglected the relationship quite a bit. And so by being aware of those things, by kind of finding a, I don't, I don't like labels, but, but naming what it is, what some of the issues are, um, can be really helpful because then you also have an understanding of what it is when you dive a little deeper and that can really help you, um, not repeat those same patterns. Or if you do see them come up in, in, the person that you are going on dates with or dating, or as you're preparing to uh, preparing for the healthy relationship, you're going to be able to spot those things a lot quicker. And lastly, um, it's preparing yourself is also really about building a healthy lifestyle outside of your desire for a relationship. This is similar to being complete and happy as a single person. Um, but I, I think that, you know, if you are currently single and you are looking to be in a relationship, it's really important to cultivate, you know, um, a strong support system. Um, this can be friendships. Um, I always like my girlfriend's to vet um, the men that kind of come into my life. Uh, sometimes if some of the stuff is online or whatnot, or via text, um, you know, telling them about some of the conversations that I've had with a person. Hey, what do you think about this? Whatnot. 
Um, I think also, um, you know, other kind of community settings can certainly be, um, you know, through a faith community, uh, through kind of your volunteer community, but, but having, having a strong sense of yourself and who you are outside of the desire for the relationship. Um, and then I think also, you know, of course, having passions and hobbies and interests that make you really happy. Um, I talked about some of mine just a few minutes ago, um, you know, certainly working out, keeping myself healthy and fit, um, you know, enjoying gardening. Um, I like to do some outdoor activities, especially uh, here during the summer, you know, boating is always tons of fun, going on adventures, whatnot. But building that kind of whole lifestyle where you feel really good and happy about yourself and your abilities. Um, Some of that for me is also cultivating my business, uh, cultivating the aspects of the knowledge that I pass on, Um, you know, working on my master's degree, uh, different things like that. And I think that when you allow yourself to be a whole person while waiting for, you know, that that kind of twin flame or that soulmate or um, that partner, then you will have a life that is filled with so much love and friendship and fulfillment and belonging. And I, I think that that's really attractive for another person to see. I mean, you know, for me, when I, when I'm looking at a potential mate, um, I want to see that they have a really robust and healthy life. I want to see that they are mentally and emotionally and psychologically working on things. Um, but they have a strong support system. Um, and then they also have hobbies and things that they do that are very important to them. Um, of course, perfection doesn't exist, but excellence certainly does. So I hope that this was helpful for you today. Um, If you are interested in your emotional healing, your um, psychological well-being and and, um, moving your personal growth forward, um, please go to Create Love Freedom um, on our Instagram page. Uh, We daily put up um, both information that comes to, um, that talks about uh, relationships, um, but also talks about the masculine and the feminine, um, healing wounds, doing those kinds of things. And also check out our members club. Um, this, as I said before, this is a, a self-guided self-healing journey. Uh, so each month uh, we pick a new topic. Um, I do multiple videos on that topic for the month of August. It is um, healing your inner child. And there's also a workbook for you. Um, in previous months, we have uh, gone pretty deep into healing attachment, uh, particularly insecure attachment, but also looking at what does secure attachment look like for us um, if we're trying to move from a more insecure place to a secure place. So to find our members club, you can go to our website, which is create love freedom at podia.com. And then you can just uh, click on uh, members club. And then you can also go to Instagram 
which is at Create Love Freedom. And you can click on the link in our bio and sign up there. Until next time.